God is here and he's here to bless. We have heard God's voice already through scripture and prayer and intercession. We seek to hear further from him as we continue our studies in the, in the book of Jonah. Join me as we read together from Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, the entire chapter. Jonah's prayer is before us. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet, I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish. And it vomited Jonah onto dry land. This is the Word of God. Let us pray. Almighty God, our loving Heavenly Father, how wonderful it is for us to gather in this manner tonight. Much more wonderful it is because God is here and you're here to bless. Father, it is your eternal presence in the name of your dear Son, Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, that sets this meeting apart from others like it in the world. God in the midst. And that to bless. Oh Lord, this is something of a mystery. God Almighty here. Here. Pontypris. And yet this is the, the truth of it. For you are a God who is true to his word, has prayed. The promises of God are yea and amen in Christ. And as we gather in the name of Jesus, agreeing together, two or three or more, then truly, there am I, you say, in the midst. And that's a bless. We've known your blessing already this evening. We've known answer to prayer. We've had opportunity to intercede and to lift up our hearts and voices as expressions of how we feel. We long to hear again 
What is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, saying to this church on this occasion? For you are pleased to speak through the Holy Word of God. I pray, Father, that your Word will not return unto you void tonight. But through these Scriptures, you will fulfill all that you have purposed for our time. And we, every one of us are here. Yes, we've made a choice. We've decided to come. But Lord, above and beyond that, we acknowledge the sovereignty of Almighty God who has wooed us here inexplicably for a reason. <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> we long to hear you speak. In the innermost parts. Yes, of course, we hear the audible tones of a man, just a man. But oh, much, much more than this, Father, our heart's desire tonight is to hear the voice of God in the inner man. Still, small voice of God. We ask it in that name that has been entrusted to us. <laughs> that name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. Amen. In our last study in Jonah, last Sunday night, we hypothesized somewhat over the reasons why Jonah didn't pray earlier than he did. Why did he wait until he was enduring the cold, smelly, murky darkness within the fish? Well, whatever the real reason for his procrastination was, bless God, at least he prayed in the end. Friends, we often procrastinate our praying. Do we not? But please God, we will pray in the end. And we reflected that Jonah just didn't pray, but he prayed. He didn't just pray. He prayed. He cried out to the Lord, says the authorized version. He cried unto the Lord. Friends, this speaks to us of an intensity of prayer that is, in point of fact, desperation. Are we desperate for God like Jonah was? Ah, you say, he was right to be desperate. <laughs> His circumstances were desperate. His circumstances were beyond himself, beyond any human rescue, of course. Are we not in similar circumstances? Friends, our circumstances are desperate. Our circumstances are beyond ourselves. They're beyond any human help. We should be as desperate as Jonah. He cried out to God. And by his own testimony... We know that God answered him. Hallelujah. My friends, we come into the presence this evening of a God who answers prayer. Do you believe that? 
Well, he wouldn't be here, perhaps, if you didn't. Hallelujah. A God who answers prayer. Our God, God the Father, is on the throne tonight. And on the right-hand side of that God is our Savior, Jesus Christ, who bears the marks of our redemption. He's on the throne tonight. And more so, my friends, He's here by His blessed Holy Spirit. And He's here to bless us. He's here to meet with us. He's here to encourage us. Perhaps sometimes to rebuke. Because He loves us. And those God loves, He so rebukes. He disciplines. Oh, it's for our good, our best, and for His glory and kingdom's sake. Jonah cried out to God. And he gives testimony. And the Lord answered him. Now, I believe it will be beneficial for us to examine just a little more closely Jonah's prayer and the circumstances surrounding his prayer. I suggest it gives us all a hint of how to know that God will answer prayer. Two quick thoughts. I want us to notice that Jonah prayed directly. And secondly, that Jonah prayed consciously. Very simple thoughts. Let's tackle these. Because I believe they will shed light on our prayer lives and help us to understand that God will answer prayer. God will answer prayer. Notice firstly, Jonah prayed directly. Jonah looked directly at his problem as he sought the face of Yahweh, his God. He didn't pray around his problem. He prayed directly at his problem. Jonah knew his affliction. Of course he did. And Jonah knew that God, either by his sovereign will or his permissive will, had sent that affliction. But he resisted the temptation... In the, in the middle of that fish's belly to pray around his problem, he prayed directly into his problem. He declared the situation for what it was and he brought the situation to his God. Oh, my friends, are we not guilty at times of praying around the problem? Praying around the problem, rather than facing the situation for what it is, calling it what it is, and bringing that situation to God. We waste so much time praying around our problems. But this is a foolish exercise, friends. Because, because God can see right through us. He knows who we are. He knows what we're truly about. Why would we pretend to, to, to pull the wool over God's eyes? Who by His Spirit searches the innermost recesses of our hearts and pray around the problem. God is sat on the throne saying, my child, get to the point. Get to the point. And we pussyfoot around the problem with all our excellent evangelical language. Very impressive. Ah, some of us have 
have tried our best to, to pray as theologically correct as we can. <laughs> we pride ourselves in it. And God looks down from heaven and says, My child, get to the point. What's on your heart? What's the heart of your problem? What is your circumstance? What is your situation? Ah, uh, We can pull the wool over each other's eyes pretty well. I'm sure you do it to pastor all the time. I'm pretty good at it. I do it to you all the time. I don't mind telling you. Someone said I keep my cards close to my chest. I think that's fair enough. Because I've learned down the years that to, uh, to be too honest exposes one to hurt, to pain, to misunderstanding, to, to criticism. And so I can kind of pull the wool over your eyes. But when I come before the throne of the living God, there's no point in me attempting to pull the wool over his eyes. No point in me skirting around the issue. I'm hurting. I'm in need, Lord. But I skirt around the issue. With my theological language. Sounds very good. Very impressive. The congregation sit and listen. Wow. Isn't pastor spiritual? No he's not. No he's not. Because he's skirting around the issue. And God in heaven looks down. With that uh, soul searching eye of his. And he says my child. Get to the point. What's on your heart? Don't try and hide it from me. What's the heart of your problem? Don't pretend it doesn't exist. We're good at that, aren't we? We pretend. We pretend that everything's okay. We come to church on a Sunday. We put on the church face. You know what I'm talking about. You all have one. Yes, you do. You all have your church face. The real face is, is, is left at home at the side of the, the, side of the front door. Oh, better switch them too quickly. They put on the church face and they come to church and, and it's all smiles. It's all lovely and everything's wonderful. And God searches your heart and you fool your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ pretty good. You fool the pastor even better. But can you, can you fool him? My friends, Jonah, Jonah called it as it is, as it was. He says, he says, look, in verse 1, In my distress I called to the Lord, and He answered me. He says, verse 3, You hurled me into the deep, God. I'm not sure if I'd be so candid with God, would you? After all, He'd run away from God. Arguably, He didn't deserve any of God's grace, any of God's mercy, but He said it as it is, God, You hurled me into the deep. Into the very heart of the seas. He says, verse 4, I have been banished from your sight. Says it as it is. And you know something? God honors that. God honors honesty. The psalmist David in Psalm 51, verse 6 says, Surely you desire truth. In the innermost parts. And yet my friends. So often our prayers. Flowery. Theological or otherwise. Are full of half truth. Or hedging the issue. We, we work around the issues. 
God wants us, my friends, tonight in Koi Mine Community Church to come clean with Him. Come clean with Him. We do not need to play games with God. It's pointless anyway as endeavoring to do so. We, we might play games with each other. We might play games with the pastor. My, my friends, don't play games with God. The writer of the Hebrews, Hebrews 13 verse 4 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before Him. The eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. My friend tonight, in the name of Jesus and in love, come clean with God. Do as Jonah did. Now it takes a fair amount of boldness and courage. But do as Jonah did. He prayed directly into his problem. Now of course, there's a problem here if we are living the deluded Christian life. We can't pray directly into something we don't consider exists. Can we? Now there are many Christians who who think that they are in a place with God, but in reality they are not. But God has that uncanny way of, by His Spirit, putting His hand on the spiritual pulse, doesn't He? Let me test your pulse tonight, says the Spirit. I don't, I think, I don't think I'm alive. Hang on, let me try again. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's drawing alongside us. Let me test your pulse. How is it with you? And some of us, even though we profess Christ, are deluded. Because there's, yes, there's a pulse. But it's barely discernible. And then we think everything's okay. We go to our church services and we, we attend our, our Christian conferences and we think everything is okay and we skirt around the problem. But the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit says, get to the point, my child. It's not well with your soul. Things aren't as well as they ought to be. Get to the point, my child. Maybe you have a physical condition and it's distressing you. And you're afraid to pray into it. Directly. Maybe you're afraid God doesn't answer prayer anymore. He answers prayer. (laughs) But get to the point. Don't skirt around the issue. Get to the point. Dr. R.T. Kendall, a former minister of Westminster Chapel in London, once challenged his congregation saying, I wonder sometimes if we really want God to answer our prayer. Now, you might think that a strange thing to say to praying Christians. However, friends, I've been preaching and counseling people in vestries now for over 20 years. I have learned many things, but I have learned this thing. Some people don't want their problems to be solved. They want their problems to be understood. But there's a sense in which their problems become almost like a crutch. The very idea of that problem being taken from them. Oh, my goodness me. Particularly when we've had it a long time. And so we develop a kind of spiritual neurosis. 
confess we, we kind of want God to answer our prayer, but, 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 but what if He really does? What if He really does? I won't have those excuses that I had, that I had before. I won't get the kind of attention that, that I was getting before. There's a, an amazing passage of Scripture in the fifth chapter of the Gospel of John. It's intrigued me for years. You remember it well when the man was at the pool of Bethesda waiting for the angel to stare at the waters that he might be healed. Jesus asked this man one question. It blows my mind. He stood by the waters. Reputedly the waters that would heal him. And Jesus asked him one question. Do you want to get well? Stupid question, Lord. But was it? You see, Jesus sees the heart. Jesus sees the heart. He'd stood by those waters for year after year after year after year. And he was not well. (laughs) We gather in prayer meetings year after year after year after year. And it is not well. And Jesus, by the Spirit, comes tonight and says, My child, do you want to get well? Mm, Hang on a minute, Lord. I've had this ailment for for a wee while now. I'm getting used to it. I I almost find it comforting. No, no, no. My child, do you want to get well? Do you have a problem with... With, with, with anxiety or, 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 or some kind of mental incapacitation that brings you bondage and insecurity. The Holy Spirit comes and says, do you want to have my peace? For he has promised peace. Hasn't he? Oh yeah, peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. And what about that spiritual walk, my friends? Oh, you long to feel closer to Jesus. My friends, if you don't feel close to Jesus tonight, guess who moved? Guess who moved? Wasn't he? And the Holy Spirit comes alongside and says, My child, I long to gather you in. Closer to my bosom, I long to reveal to you the innermost recesses of my heart. I want to open the scriptures to you like you've never had them open to you before. But you're skirting around the issues. Afraid. A few years ago, the Leaning Tower of Pisa was apparently in danger. It was thought that Its infamous lean had intensified and it was leaning so far it was in danger of falling over. And so the city fathers of pizza were worried, obviously. And so they contracted an architect. But as they contracted the architect, they set down the terms of reference for for the contract. And they said to this architect... Do not correct the tilt. Keep it just as it is. We don't want our problems to get any worse. 
But we don't want it to get any better. How interesting. Oh Lord, <laughs> I don't want my problem to get any worse. But I'm not sure if I want to get I want it to be any better. I'm quite happy in my little little comfort zone here. Father, don't disturb my comfort zone. Jonah prayed directly into this situation. And you know what, my friends? God answered prayer. Hallelujah. God answered prayer. Quickly. Jonah prayed consciously into God's will. He testified that God heard his prayer and thanked God for that. But how did Jonah know? How did he know that God answered, that God had heard his prayer? Well, we might say, of course, that first of all, he lived to tell the tale. He got out of the fish. But my friends, there's more to it than that. Jonah knew that God had heard him. And he was given assurance, it seems, as soon as he cried out. Notice he testified in verse 1. I called out to God and he heard me. Oh, that was quick. Whew. That was quick. I called out to God and he heard me. Hallelujah. I have not been to many of those prayer meetings of you. I'd love to go to a few of them. As the prayer prays, the prayer brings glory to God. And he's heard me. Wow. There is such a thing, friends, as knowing God hears us at the very moment we are praying. But I suspect that we are now beginning to venture into territory largely untrodden by Christians today. Do we know what it is to pray consciously into God's will? 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Wow! If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. Hallelujah. This is one of the most unexplored areas amongst Christians. This question of praying consciously according to the will of God. And Jonah was praying according to the will of God. He cried out to Jehovah God and he says, God heard me. But how do we know, this is the question, how do we know that we're praying according to God's will? Well, assurance in prayer comes by a holy and reverent familiarity with God and His revealed will. How might we know His will? Well, we spend as much time as we humanly can in the revealed will of God. It perplexes me. In 21st century Britain, that few Christians pick up the Word of God from Sunday to Sunday. 
How can we therefore begin to pray in his will? We're not immersing ourselves in his will. Also, we understand the, uh, the, the revealed will of God as we draw closer to him, as we commune with him day by day, hour by hour. We understand him better. This year, my wife and I, Debs, we celebrate 32 years of marriage. And the longer that we've lived together, the better we've got to know each other. So much so it's spooky sometimes. We even say things at the same time. Woo! And we agree. That's balmy, isn't it? We find ourselves thinking the same thoughts. Balmy. Now you know, if you've been together for some, t- some years, you know what I'm talking about. That's how it is with the child of God. The more time you spend in the presence of the Almighty, the more you understand His mind. The more His revealed will is exposed to your heart. And you pray according to His will consciously. And to pray in that manner, my friends, is to know, is to know that He hears and He answers prayer. Ah, some of us, some of us are surprised by this. How can I, how can I, how can I, fallen, a fallen man, know God's will in such a familiar way? Friends, if we don't understand that, we have forgotten that the very nature of the spirit of adoption in our hearts is to cry, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. The intimation there is one of the utmost, the utmost, what's the word? It's such a unique relationship, friends. Abba, Father. And so we get to know the will of God by spending time in His presence, in His Word. And when we pray, we pray consciously into that will. And He hears us. Isn't that exciting? Hallelujah. He hears us. Some of you will be familiar with the life of George Muller. Of Bristol, the great man of faith as he became known. The story is told that on one occasion Muller was traveling by ship to America when he discovered that the captain of the ship had ordered for the ship to stand still in the Atlantic because of a fog that had settled over the ocean there. The delay, however, threatened a speaking appointment that Muller had in New York that Friday evening. And so he went to the captain to challenge him. Why is the ship still? The captain explained, well, there's a heavy fog. It will be suicide, suicide to continue. We must remain still until the fog lifts. Ah, but Muller says, I have an appointment. I believe God has said I must preach in New York this coming Friday. And the captain shook his head and says, I'm sorry, If we're still for another couple of hours, and I think we've got another couple of days here, you are going to miss your appointment. And Muller protested, but I have an appointment. God has promised me that I am to speak in New York on Friday. The captain just shook his head at this ignorant man. And Muller turned to the captain and says, do you believe God answers prayer? 
<laughs> the captain kind of smirked and says, well, don't know really. And so Mueller says, well, do you mind if I pray? Please yourself, lad, he said. Please yourself. And so Mueller prayed. Later, the captain testified he was a little disappointed with the prayer. It was so ordinary. <laughs> but when Mueller had finished his prayer, he turned to the captain and he said, I quote, you don't believe God is going to do it, do you? But I believe he already has. And the two men looked out to the ocean and the fog was gone. You see, he prayed consciously, understanding the will of God. The will of God was he was to preach the word of God in New York that Friday. He understood the will of God. He prayed consciously. And even as he lifted his heart in prayer, God answered. My friend, we're in the presence of a God who answers prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we need, like Jonah, to get to the heart of the matter. My Christian friends, stop skirting around the issues. Stop skirting around the issues. I've spoken sometimes from this very pulpit about strongholds in the church. And we're skirting around the issues. Let's stop skirting around the issues. Let's name the strongholds for what we believe them to be. And name them, not to gossip to other Christians, but name them to an almighty God who by His sovereign grace and mercy and by the power of His Holy Spirit can move those strongholds. Amen? Perhaps there are issues in our lives and, and we've struggled with them for years, but we've skirted around the issues. Let's name those issues for what they are. And they might be tough issues. There might be issues of addiction or, or, or this, that, and the other. And they've been there for years. Name it, my friends. Name it before God. God, I've got a problem with pornography. Or oh God, I've got a problem with addiction to, to, to smoking. Or oh God, I've got a problem with this or a problem with that. Name it. God answers prayer. Don't be afraid to... Don't skirt around the issue any longer, my friend. You will remain bound by it for years. Even till Christ comes or calls us home. Just name it. Jonah prayed directly. He named it. He even said, God, I'm here because of you. And God answered prayer. Friends, may I lovingly get up close and personal. <laughs> I love that expression. Reverend Stanley Banks, the former principal of Emmanuel Bible College and director of OMS International in the United Kingdom, used to come to my home church when I was a young Christian. I used to love him coming. He was a man of God who preached the word of God. I would sit as close as I could to the front, hanging on his every word. And at the end of his sermons, he would, bar, he would, he would go over the pulpit. God, be careful. I don't want to go over here. He would crouch over the pulpit, over the lecture, and says, Brethren, let me get up close and personal. <laughs> May I lovingly inquire, friends, do you want your prayer to be answered? Or are we enjoying our experience in the belly of the fish? Koipenmine Community Church, strongholds. Strongholds. Do we want those strongholds to be removed? Or are we quite comfortable where we are, thank you, Pastor? 
Three days and nights Jonah was in the fish. How long are we going to be in our fish before we name it and claim it, so to speak? We call it for what it is. We bring it before God and say, God, this is the issue. This is the matter. These are the strongholds. God, I name them before you. And we pray consciously, claiming his will. You know something? It's the will of God that all strongholds that bind Christians and churches be removed. Oh yeah. It's his will. Hallelujah. Do you know something? It's the will of God that men and women, boys and girls in this community come to know him personally as a savior. It's his will. For God is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It's the will of God. We can pray consciously if we know his will. We cherish it. If we know him and cherish him. Jonah prayed directly. He prayed consciously. And my friends, hallelujah, the Lord heard his prayer. Father, we thank you for these scriptures. I challenge us so. Forgive us, Father. For oft times we have skirted round issues. For many reasons. Have mercy, Lord. Give us the courage to face up to those issues, even tonight, to name those issues before a God who answers prayer. Our God is on the throne. Our Savior Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our, on our behalf. The, the odds are stacked in our behavior, on our behalf, Lord, in our favor. Give us the faith, the courage to pray directly and to understand your will, to pray consciously. In the name of Jesus. Amen.